Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. Welcome back, or welcome if it's your first time. We're on episode 6, so we're covering Thor 166, which is the last of the four-part story that Adam appeared in Thor. And I have to say, I'm enjoying these issues a lot more than I thought I would originally. I'm actually enjoying them more than the two-part Fantastic Four story that Adam first appeared in. And I hope you guys are enjoying it too. But before it's over, we still have this episode to get through, so let's get started. So, who's our cast this episode? Well, let's see. We have Thor, the God of Thunder, and Son of Odin, an all-around good guy superhero. We have the Lady Sif, Asgardian warrior woman, and currently Thor's girlfriend. Baldur the Brave, another Asgardian god and close friend of Thor and Sif. Odin, the Allfather, ruler and king of Asgard, and Thor's father. Carnilla the Norn Queen, obviously the queen of the Norns. It's a land I believe is somewhat approximately close to Asgard. Not exactly an ally to Asgard, but she is in love with Baldur the Brave. Hag is Carnilla's witch. And him, the artificially created being created by the Enclave back in Fantastic Four 66 and 67 to be the perfect man and help them take over the world and was so perfect decided not to and will eventually be known as Adam Warlock. Okay, so in case you missed last episode, this is what happened in Thor 165. Adam came out of his cocoon, which was being kept inside the city's atomic research center and met up with Thor, Baldur, and Sif. He distrusts humanity after his experience at the Enclave in Fantastic Four 66 and 67, but he's lonely, and since Sif is the only woman he has seen besides Alicia Masters, and is right in front of him, he kidnaps her. Thor and Baldur give chase, but are delayed when Hag attempts to kidnap Baldur for Carnilla. Thor stops Hag, but that gives him a chance to get away, and Thor swears vengeance. Let's get to our synopsis for Thor 166, A God Berserk. The writer, well, actually, already we have uh, some confusion here. Okay, in the credit box for the book, it says the story was by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Not what they do, just by Stan and Jack. I went to a few sites, and depending on what site you go to, they either credit Stanley as the writer, or Stanley and Jack Kirby. So, believe what you will. Either way, pencils are by Jack Kirby. The inker was Vince Coletta. Letterer, Sam Rosen. The editor was Stan Lee. I guess they're still not edit, uh, crediting color artists then. Anyway, the cover art was Jack Kirby and Vince Coletta. The cover price was $0.15. Cents. Uh, the had a cover date of July 1969, and it went on sale on May 6, 1969. And since this episode should be coming out on the 1st or 2nd, hopefully the 1st, <laughs> of May 2014, that was pretty much exactly 45 years ago. So I thought find that pretty cool. So we're just a little bit late, but we were pretty close to a release date. Just a few years late. The issue starts with a very, very, very pissed off Thor ranting and raving about him having taken Sif away and how he wants vengeance, while a somber-looking Baldur looks on from the background. Baldur attempts to calm Thor down, but Thor is enjoying his ranting too much and shoves Baldur away. Thor then really starts to revel in being angry and starts to smash at the ground, causing it to crumble and fires to start. After another page or two of this, 
Valder starts to think that Thor just might have the dreaded warrior madness, and Thor then uses Mjolnir to teleport them both away. Meanwhile, in the land of the Norns, Carnella berates Hag for her failure to capture Belder. She recaps why she wants to capture Belder, because she gave him her heart and he rejected it. Hag, however, realizes that Baldur does love her, but his duty to Asgard comes first. She promises that she will still capture him, and then begins to form an Asgardian version of a voodoo doll. Thor and Baldur have now landed on whatever planet him took Sif to. They start to look, and Baldur, in an attempt to keep Thor from going too far with his warrior madness, offers to take the first shot at him. His reasoning is that him was able to get away with Sif because Thor stopped to save Baldur from Hag so he feels responsible. Before either one could win the argument, Rudes rise up from the ground to keep Baldur from moving. Thor leaves Baldur trapped and goes to confront him. When he finds him, him tells Thor that he had hoped to lose them because he does not want to hurt Thor. This pisses off Thor even more, and he hurls Mjolnir at him, to no effect. Confused as to why Thor is so angry, him shows that Sif has not been harmed, though she's being kept in a force bubble. Seeing Sif captive spurs Thor on, and he attacks. They start to fight, and at first it looks like him may have the advantage, but Thor's anger puts him on the offensive. Him starts to mentally throw boulders at Thor, but Thor leaps through them and continues his vicious attack. In Asgard, Odin's astrologer royal somehow finds Thor while trying to look for the origins of Galactus and alerts Odin. Odin realizes that Thor has warrior's madness, and that even though he is his son, must still pay the price. Back at the fight, Him has been pummeled into unconsciousness, and is so wounded that another cocoon has started to form around him. Not wanting to be cheated of his vengeance, Thor tries to rip the cocoon off, but is unable to, and pretty quickly the cocoon is formed and flies off into space. Once Him is gone, Thor starts to become himself again, and realizes what he has done. With Him gone, the force bubble that held Sif is also gone, and they are reunited, but she had noticed how cruel and merciless he was during the fight. Baldur finally shows up, having hacked himself free of the roots, and the three of them realize that Thor now is to face Odin's judgment. In Asgard, Odin is giving final approval to a spaceship designed to go to deep space and find the origin of Galactus. When asked who is going to be given the task of flying it, he replies that this is what Thor's penance will be. Outside the palace, Thor and his companions arrive, and Thor goes to face Odin and his punishment alone. Okay, that was the issue. On to the notes. Alright, start with the cover. Uh, this is the most dynamic Thor cover we've had on the show so far. It's Thor versus him. It's also the first Thor comic we are covering where Thor does not have his back to us on the cover. He's actually facing the audience this time. Page one is again, like the cover, very dynamic. Thor is facing us, holding his hammer up and screaming for vengeance, but while screaming, also recapping what happened last issue. On pages 2 through 4, Thor rants for another 3 pages and proceeds to smash the hell out of the planet they're on. Some of these shots are pretty awesome. Uh, Page 3, panel 1 is a great shot of Thor, mostly in silhouette, in front of flames, yelling to the heavens. Kirby looks like he's having a lot of fun with these scenes of destruction. Random piles of rock gang shattered, fires all over. He's having a ball. Now in the last panel of page four, the scene changes to Carnella and Hag. And Carnella's berating Hag for her failure in a way that recaps her storyline from last issue. So we got Thor doing his recap already. Carnella got her recap. We just need to get to Odin and his recap, and we got everything covered. 
Page 5 is another splash page that, while not as dynamic or as exciting as page 1, I think I like better. While page 1 is mostly just a shot of Thor screaming, with Balder standing in the back and it has no background, this is a full shot of Carnella standing there with Hag standing, kind of like, I guess you could call it a medium shot of Hag. She's standing, she's lower Carnella and in front of her. And it also has some a bit of a desolate background there. And it's also a pretty hot shot of Carnilla. And you don't hear that said a lot in relation to Kirby art. Chase Scott Campbell art, yeah. But not Kirby. But here it is. And it's also a nice contrast how creepy Hag looks. Also, I hadn't realized last time, but because Hag's power seems to be that her hand grows really large, and that's how she was trying to grab Balder last time. And even though it's normal size here, it's also a really large hand. That's a nice little touch, I thought. Get around pages 6 and 7, and... Even though I think he's crazy, Balder is being a pretty good friend. He's trying to get through to Thor, even though Thor has the warrior's madness. Which is weird, because we got Thor acting like Wolverine, and that is usually not what we get. And if you think about it, it's kind of scary to have Thor act being like that, considering how powerful he is. And on the talking about Thor's power, and since it's on these pages, we also got him being pretty damn conceited, because... He said he didn't want Thor to find them because he didn't want to hurt Thor. As we can saw from the synopsis of the issue, that's not exactly what happened. Page 8 is quite amusing, because this is where him doesn't get why Thor is so mad at him. It's like, look, I kidnapped your girlfriend, I have a trapped in her force bubble, but what's wrong? What's the problem? But despite, you know, playing that for a laugh, I have to wonder what him was planning on doing with Sif if he had gotten away with her. Now, considering how little interest he has shown in, well, physical gratification over the past decades, which is virtually none, I'm assuming he would not have tried to, like, force himself onto her. In fact, I don't even think that even would have entered his mind. I think he literally just wanted a companion, just somebody to be with him and to talk to. But I'm glad that they never showed or had him mention anything like that, because I don't think I wanted to devote a podcast to a possible rapist. Although I would like to think that if he actually was getting death dangerous, that Sif is strong enough and strong-willed enough that she probably would have at least fought him off and gotten away. So continuing on with that thought, on page 11, while Thor and him are fighting, Sif tries to calm Thor down and defend him. I mean, defend him, the character him who will become Adam Warlock, not him, Thor. If I haven't said it already, I really hate the fact that he's called him because it makes talking about the issue really annoying. I cannot wait till he's called Adam. <laughs> anyway, um, I have to hope that as an Asgardian warrior woman, Sif would not try to defend somebody she thought was dangerous in that way. So I'm just going to assume from now on that I was right in my assessment of him's motives and he was just looking for somebody to spend time with him, not somebody for inappropriate touching. Anyway, now we got that stuff cleared up, we have something even more important <laughs> to deal with on page 13, which is that Thor's Astrologer Royal really sucks at following orders. I mean, I made fun last time of Odin being really specific of his commands. You shall look for this planet and not tell me until you find it. Don't tell me before you find it. Tell me when you find it. But no wonder Odin had to be so specific. You know, this guy's looking at one galaxy and somehow finds Thor in another world and another galaxy completely far away. I mean, I'm assuming it's another? Yeah, the astrologer says he was scanning distant worlds. So, yeah, 
it's not the galaxy he was supposed to be monitoring. He was slacking off. You can't get good help in Asgard anymore. So, yes, I know, I called him Thor's Astrologer Royal when he's Odin's, uh, it's not worth my re-recording. You guys know who I was talking about. Anyway, speaking of Odin, page 14 is a really nice splash page of him, wearing some kind of kooky hat or crown. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to be. It looks electronic, like it has buttons you can do things with. It actually looks like I want to call it an iHat. I wonder if he can use a text message. Wonder if Apple's copyrighted the name iHat. iHat, copyright Al Sedano, 2014. Mine. Or trademark. I'm not sure which one's which, but I'm calling both. Anyway, besides his iHat, Odin also has on these freaky metal gloves. I mean, they look like they're made out of metal bone. Besides the fact that I don't know how comfortable those can be. Are they metal bone? Does anyone out there know of any Asgardian creatures that have shown up in Thor that have metal bones? Can you write in and let me know? Because I want to hear. I want to find out. Because I'm wondering if it's just freaky metal gloves that are made to be, be scary or they're actual bone gloves. Now, page 15 is the end of the Thor and him fight. And him's cocoon forms around him. And it looks like it's happening automatically because him looks pretty knocked out. And then it shoots off into space. Now that, I'm wondering, is that going to happen naturally every time? Or is that just a defense mechanism? Because if it stayed around Thor, Thor was not going to stop until it was a cocoon full of paste. So that's something to keep an eye out for future issues. Because he does enter his cocoon at least a couple more times. Pretty much every time he almost dies. Hence the name of the podcast, Resurrections. Because he keeps coming back. And now that him is gone, page 16, uh, Thor's warrior madness goes pretty fast. And I'm wondering if this is some actual illness that Guardians are susceptible to, or is it just their name for getting so pissed off they can't think straight? I'm gonna have to assume it's the second one, because if it's an actual illness, it's kind of, uh, well, dickish of them to have a law that says, oh, you got sick? You gotta be punished. That just means Thor just got really, really pissed off. Here on page 19, we have yet another splash page. Before reading a lot of these issues, I didn't realize how many splash pages Kirby used per issue. And yet, they don't feel to be gratuitous or pointless. It still feels like it's moving the story along. Anyway, this splash is of a giant hangar and a spaceship that Odin had constructed to search for Galactus. And it's kind of strange to see his guardians constructing something technological like a spaceship. You know, that's something you would assume would be an Iron Man, because most of the time, they're portrayed as gods from a distant time. They're powerful, but med- medieval, at best, technology. But the more I'm reading this, and the more I'm seeing these things back then, the more convinced I am of how accurate the portrayal of Asgard in the movie Thor was. It seems that this is how at least Kirby viewed them. So, okay, that's it for the issue. Now, let's talk a little bit about after this issue. I haven't read past this issue of Thor, actually, so I don't know where the Galactus story goes. Since it's not part of Adam Warlock's story, I'm not going to cover it on the podcast. I did look at the covers for the next few issues, and I see that the cover for 167 is Thor vs. Loki. So I'm kind of wondering if that's just a fill-in, the way it looks. Thor 168 shows Thor vs. Casual Galactus on the cover. And you might ask, what's Casual Galactus? It's Galactus wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Seriously, his legs and arms are bare. I mean, he does have his gloves and high boots on, 
but there's nothing covering his actual arms or legs. Which, come on, I'm a straight guy, and even I know that's a fashion no-no. Funny as hell, but still, it's a bad fashion choice. I also don't know what's going to happen with Hag and Carnilla and Balder. Uh, if you really want to know, I guess you can read on. You can always find the original issues. Um, those next set of issues are reprinted as Central Thor 4. They're on the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, so you can read them on that app or just right on your laptop slash desktop. Uh, I didn't see anything about them reprinted on Marvel Masterworks, so I have to assume that maybe the Thor Masterworks ended right around here. But, more importantly than where these future issues of Thor are reprinted, where can you find this issue, Thor 166, in case you want to read it? Well, besides the original issue, of course, you can also find it reprinted in Essential Thor Volume 3, which will be cheaper, and in black and white, though. Uh, Marvel Masterworks Thor Volume 8, which you'll pay more for, but you'll get full color. And also, if you want to get it digitally, on the Marvel Comics, Digital Comics Unlimited website slash app. So go check it out. This was actually, out of the, these uh, Silver Age books, were pretty damn good. Let's check in on Adam's friends and see where they were this month. And actually, the only friends he has are the Fantastic Four, because that's the only title he's appeared in so far, besides Thor. And really, they don't really count as friends, because no one's even met him except for Alicia Masters. But anyway, the same month that Thor 166 came out, we also had Fantastic Four 88, by Stanley and Jack Kirby, a house there was. After returning from Latveria, Reed and Sue seek out a peaceful residence in which to raise the baby. Strange things begin to occur when they choose a mysterious but tranquil house in the country. And I could be wrong, but I think this is the maybe not the issue, but the story that introduces Agatha Harkness, who was a longtime nanny to Franklin Richards, as well as teacher to Scarlet Witch in the witchy ways. Last episode, I started up a new segment on the show about Adam's powers, because his powers really aren't very well defined, they're a bit vague sometimes about what he can do, and it changes from life to life of his, so it's kind of hard to keep track of what he exactly can do. So I decided to try cataloging them to see what they are. So last episode, we covered what powers he showed in his very first life before he even went into a cocoon, when he was first created by the Enclave. And then the powers he showed in that first, well, in that first cocoon. So this time we're going to talk about what powers he showed while in his first life, which was shown in Fantastic Four 67 and in flashback in Thor 165. So first of all, we got Fantastic Four 67, page 18. Um, this is the part where Hamilton and Alicia are in the cave-in, and the cave-in kills Hamilton, but not Alicia. And... There's some type of energy blast that Adam used as well to cause the cave-in. And I'm not exactly sure, though, he's out of the cocoon yet, so I'm not going to count this page. And since he had some kind of energy blast in the cocoon form, we'll say that was counted already. Now, from page 19 to the end, the uh, these last few pages of the story, the beehive is shaking, and the entire building or, and or mountain seems to be collapsing. So he has, like, a radiating energy or causing earthquake power. I'm not really sure which one he's using, but it has to be one of those two. And then on the last page of the story, page 20, he destroys the entire beehive. It pretty much just explodes. And not sure how exactly, because we just see it explode from the outside. I'm going to guess he has some kind of energy manipulation power, but at a quite a high level. Let's move on to Thor 165. Now, page 9, 
I'm going to give him the powers of flight and what I would call like a closed system because we see him flying off into space. So obviously he can fly and he's not worried about breathing or explosive decompression. So that's what I mean by closed system. And also he has some degree of invulnerability too, but obviously not enough to deal with those asteroids that pummel him and put him back into his cocoon. And that was it for his first life. It was pretty brief life. It looks like it only lasted like half an hour for him. Poor bastard. But, I mean, he was pretty powerful. I mean, he was had some degree of vulnerability. Didn't need to breathe or worry about pressure, like going into space. Uh, could fly. He was had, had some kind of uh, energy power, obviously. Because that's how he destroyed the beehive. And also possibly how he caused the earthquake that, you know, destroyed the beehive. Helped destroy the beehive. Or some kind of earthquake power. But I'm kind of going maybe with the energy power. Because that seems to kind of fit in with what he has. So that's what he had in his first life. And then next episode we're going to cover the powers he had in his second life. Which we just saw. And then we should be pretty much be able to catch up. And be able to go over his powers as we see them each episode. Well it's just about near the end of the episode. So let's see what kind of emails we have this episode. We have no emails for this episode. So, if you would like to send me an email that I would read on the show and say your name a lot, like I have before, you can send an email to resurrectionpodcast at yahoo.com. I also invite you to follow my Tumblr page, or at least come to my Tumblr page um, for the show. Uh, besides posting the episode up when they're out, I also put images from the actual issues that we cover with pithy or stupid little comments by me as well as other notes about the show and you can find that at resurrectionsatamorlock.tumblr.com and finally if listening to me talk twice a month is not enough for you and you just really hate yourself and need to hear more you can also come listen to my other podcast uh, Four Color Fanboys which I do with Brian Zeno of the Podwits Podcast and you can find that at fourcolor.podwits.com or you can also just listen to Brian and his show, The Podwits, on podwits.com. Anyway, I'm Four Color Fanboys. We talk about what new and old comics we're reading and other comic news. I know in the second episode, which should be coming out about the same time as this one, uh, we talk about all new Ultimates number one, Nightcrawler number one, and some of the news going on with the uh, Teen Titans number one cover. You are cordially invited to attend the podcast that observes the unfolding events of history. Come with me and observe the birth and growth of a legend. From the pages of a ten-cent pulp comic book to the newspapers, radio program adventures, theatrical films, and more. The dawn of the superhero. Golden Age Superman. Available on iTunes and at goldenagesuperman.lipson.com. Every legend has a beginning. Well, I guess we are now are at the end of the show. 
And right before we go then, I'd like to uh, give thanks to a couple of websites that helped me out with my notes and other information I had to find. Uh, so ComicBookDB, which you can find at ComicBookDB.com. The Complete Marvel Reading Order at CMRO.Travis-Starns.com. And Mike's Amazing World of Comics at DCIndexes.com. I'd also like to pimp again my uh, other podcast, Four Color Fanboys at FourColor.Podwits.com which is co-hosted by Brian Zeno of the Podwitz Podcast, and you can find them at podwitz.com. And finally, the promo that played this episode was for the show Golden Age Superman, which you can find at goldenagesuperman.libson.com. And I'll be back on May 16th with Episode 7 of Resurrections. Actually, the next issues that Adam's going to appear in will be Marvel Premiere, one and two, which will lead into his actual ongoing series, The Power of Warlock. But before we get to that, because in Marvel Premiere, he meets the High Evolutionary and he gains his name, a costume, a soul gem, a purpose, and an arch nemesis in the Man Beast. And I thought it'd be a nice idea that before we actually get to that, we kind of got an idea of who the High Evolutionary and the Man Beast were. So we are going to jump back to the first appearance of both those characters in Thor 134. So once again, it will be an episode that won't have Adam in it at all, even. But it's very nice little setup for the issues where we're going to have a lot of Adam in. So I hope you'll come back for that, and I'll see you guys then. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, is a fan-made production and I make no claims of ownership or copyright over Adam Warlock, Thor, or any of the Marvel comic characters that are mentioned in this episode. I make no profit off of this, and I'm making no profit off of Marvel Comics characters. Please don't sue me, Disney. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peacelovproductions.com Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Okay, so in case you missed the last episode, this is what happened in Thor 165. Adam came out of his cocoon, which was being kept in the city's atomic research center, and meets up with Thor, Baldur, and Sif. He distrusts humanity after his experience at the Enclave, and fences... Blah, 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 blah. Going on with the same thought, on page 11... While Thor and him are fighting, Sim, Sif tries to... Ugh, her name's Sif. Crap.
Okay, well... <clears throat> well, we're coming near the close of the show, so let's go over our emails that we have this month. We have no emails this month for this episode. Ugh. Episode. The show's on more than once a month. <laughs> 